Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. You can listen to all our shows on most podcast platforms. If you have Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. And before we get going, here's a big thank you to some amazing sponsors of our show. Please stay tuned for an important message from Ancestry DNA and enter for a chance to win a dream vacation. Coming up is a significant message from Rothy's about women's shoes, which my wife says are the best she ever wore. And listen for a vital message from LinkedIn on how the right hire can make a huge impact on your business. More info on them just ahead, so please stay tuned. Today's show is about your bottom line in neuroscience with Bethany Andell and Barry Eisen. All right, here's some info on Bethany Andell. In her book, Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line and Build Your Brand on Purpose, Bethany helps executives at business-to-business companies shift their focus from solely improving the bottom line to instead prioritize the company's long-term health, culture, and non-monetary impact on the world. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Bethany. So great to have you on with us. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here today. Pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to talk about savage brands. Ah, we are pretty this, savage. <laughs> I get this really mean <laughs> ogre, like, sort of thing. But I'm uh, so nice, Tony. You are. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an opposite. <laughs> all right. Well, before we go into that, actually, let's find out how did it all start for you? Please give us your backstory. Well, sure. So really, I am the second generation owner of Savage Brands, my company. My mom started it. So she was an early female uh, entrepreneur. And uh, she'll tell you that just uh, thought that she could be a stay at home mom. And that pretty quickly after I was born was not going to work out for her. So she started this company about 45 years ago with her passion, which at the time was graphic design and really built it from there. And my idea in my life was to never get in the business. I told her it just looked too hard. And by the way, it is. (laughs) And I tried to escape. I moved to California to be in the movie business. I wanted to be a set designer or a production designer and design what's behind the actor. And uh, there came a day where she had tried to sell the company and the buyer the night before the deal was supposed to close backed out. And she called me pretty much the next day. That's how the lore is and said, you're now my succession plan. Get back to Houston. So I listened to my mother. I'm a good Southern girl and got on a plane and moved back to Houston. And they say the rest is history. So I've been here now 20 years. What an interesting story. And before we go any further, I want to give you a Hardy, congratulations. You're honored with the 2018 Rice University Business Alumni Award, among others. That is absolutely amazing. I was so honored. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. You are very wise and sage. You have your mother's experience and yours. Let's talk about purpose. Now, this is very interesting, and I actually write about purpose in a new book I have that's out now. The short manuscript is available now. And it's coming out in a full book. Talk about purpose. You have a very interesting take. And you talk about how it's more than just 
a piece of paper that no one reads. And I'm totally with you. So <laughs> how can we bring our purpose to life? Well, first of all, the word purpose is getting a little bit overused these days. You're hearing it left and right. And and I'm going to venture to say that it's also being misappropriated as a marketing message when a company articulates their what they're going to call their purpose statement. They're using it as a tagline or you know, putting on an advertisement or putting listing their values and their purpose or their mission on the walls in the break room for their employees and kind of check it off their list of things to do. And in our journey with our own company and that with our clients, what we figured out is, you know, the world's too smart these days and they can see right through your rhetoric. So to us, really identifying and articulating what your true purpose is, which is the impact you're going to have on the world beyond money and growth and shareholder value, like really the meaning behind your business and how it's how it's helping to elevate humanity, that needs to show up in everything you do as a company. So what we ask of ourselves and of our clients or anyone we're talking to, anyone that will listen, Tony, is to really, if, you, if you've articulated what you say is your purpose, to look then at your business all the way through your processes, your structure, your people, your products, your services, your clients, your suppliers, and say to yourself, are these things that we are doing today in service of delivering on that purpose? And if they're not, you have some things to think about because truly you want credibility behind your words and you want to be able to demonstrate that commitment, walk the talk, as they say, and not let those words just be words. And so that's very important to us because, you know, as you know, and you probably talk about in your book, a brand is a culmination of experiences that people perceive to have or actually have with your company. So just saying the words is not going to make people believe in who you are. That is so refreshing, Bethany. Totally love it. And it's similar, very similar. In fact, it's the same thing as the mission statement. It's almost identical. Companies go, okay, I've got a mission statement. Here it is, folks. They pass it out check it off the list. But by itself, it means nothing. By itself, it does nothing. It's just words on paper. It's I, junk. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's brash. It's junk. It's junk. Well, you know, it's funny. So, so anyone listening today could go pull their own mission statement, probably on their website, look at their competitors' mission statements, pull it off the website. And if they removed the reference to the name of the company, they're all going to look the same. You could probably not even find your own. And that's just what's happened. We've gotten trapped. It's like the Mad Libs of mission statements. You know the secret on that. That's right. I see it. I see it. The same thing. And there's a whole separate topic. We're going to do more on this. And we're going to talk about, by the way, the title of this episode is Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line. So pay attention, everyone. Purpose has something to do with it. And don't just say, oh, I have a mission statement. I have a purpose. Move on. Wait, 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 wait. This is really serious. This is, this is how a successful business is made. Case in point, we're going to talk about building your brand on your purpose. And Bethany, you've got a great take on how it's really done from a leader who's been there. Can you educate us further on that? Sure. So, you know, my company has really had to reinvent itself. We're like a lot of companies. We are always trying to outpace commoditization People, great people are really hard to find and then even harder to keep. And we all are continually looking for that long-term raving fan, loyal client. And what we have found here is that we were getting 
ourselves trapped in a yes game just to try and pursue profit and growth. And as soon as we step back and said, wait a second, you know, it's not just about profit for us. It's about better profit. We want to work with clients and have employees that we love to be around, that we feel like we're having a real impact on, that we're creating substantial value for, that we're creating a long-term vision for our company and for our clients' companies. When we basically took our heads out of our own bottom line, right, (laughs) and stopped thinking about every decision as how it would create more profit or growth for the company, we started to see the real impact that we could have in people's lives with the work that we do. So everyone here at Savage is way more fulfilled by what they do every day, what they're coming here for. They're more engaged. So we've increased the level of engagement and performance at the company. And then our clients start to see value from us in a lot of different ways, not just in the product quality that we deliver, but the experience they have working with us. So it starts to seep into every single aspect of the company and how we show up. And one of my coworkers that handles actually all of our IT for our company, she doesn't even work on branding projects with our clients, but she is so excited and passionate about our purpose to revolutionize corporate America that she's one of our greatest ambassadors out there on the streets, you know, waving our flag, talking about Savage, feeling like she is totally a part of this company and what its mission is, even if she doesn't necessarily get to work on that specific work for our clients. And that feels really great to me because she's completely aligned, yet doesn't exactly have that client contact that most people say, oh, well, I have to experience it. You know, I have to do the work to really get it. She's got it because she in her very soul and very nature is part of our effort, part of our mission and wants us to deliver on our purpose. I love it. I feel like I'm almost talking to myself. This is so refreshing. We're so right on point. And one of the things I've run into with companies, by the way, Bethany, is they'll have a purpose. They'll have some really great material worked out but they don't share it with anyone. It's like a poker game. It's like, I'm not going to tell you. Oh no, I can't show you this to you. It's like, oh, come on. You got to share it. You got to let your employees and your contractors and the people that you sub out to, you got to let them know where you're going. And just case in point with your tech person, they can promote it. You've got more ambassadors. It's like building your tribe on that without even really trying to build it. It's so refreshing to hear that. And, and And to see it work like this is great. You know, Tony, I, I think some of that, and, and we, this is going to sound a little bit strange, I think some of that is fear-based. I think we're all so used to using certain words in our messaging, like quality and reliability and safety or whatever whatever those words are, you know, just the typical rhetoric and putting it out there, that to step away from that and be really soulful and transparent about what's driving the passion and the essence of the organization. I think there's a little bit of fear of being rejected because you don't sound like everybody else. And the reality that we've seen is you start to attract the people that really groove with what your company's about. And aren't those better employees? Aren't those better clients for you to have? I mean, Herb Kelleher at Southwest Airlines was never afraid to say, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, it's okay if you don't like just peanuts, you may may need to go work with a different airline. So that's okay. And I just want to make sure that I'm attracting the right tribe into my organization. So 
if people know whether they fit or don't fit pretty quickly, that's better for me. It's actually better for my bottom line, ultimately. Very refreshing and very interesting. And I think part of what you're saying here is in building that brand on the purpose, it's done from the CEO in the corporate level, the C-level, and they push that down. And what, and not all do. And one of your comments, and I would love to hear your rebuttal on this, is sometimes we love to hate our CEO. So is that because they push purpose or because they don't push it? Well, I have lots of opinions on this. So I'm probably going to make some people mad that are listening. <laughs> but make there a, you go. Make a you statement. Know? Go for it. I'm just going to say it how I feel <laughs> it. Because um, I do work with a lot of public companies, you know, and there, there are a ton of short-term pressures. And so out of one side of the CEO's mouth, you hear a lot about, you know, we put our people first. People are our number one asset uh, people are who differentiate our company. You hear those things all the time. And then the reality is they turn around and they bow to Wall Street. They bow to the investors. Um, and we actually, we see this in private companies too, where they're very much allured by short-term profitable decisions or making sure their earnings for the quarter work uh, for the investor and that tends to a lot of times be at the detriment or sacrifice of things that affect some of their people. And I'm not just talking about, you know, making layoffs or cost cutting um, in certain ways, but restructuring of, of organizations or changing of processes or even, you know, cutting back on some things that make their products um, of higher quality. And if I if we think about the whole stakeholder orientation, the system, and you think about how each of your stakeholder wins uh, then you wouldn't make some of those decisions that we see happening. And it's it's hard not to peg those CEOs as, you know, greedy, short-term oriented, investor focused, don't care about us, put money first when we see their actions so many times veering in that direction. And unfortunately, you know, that's really a very small amount of CEOs, but they're giving the rest of us a bad name. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the check continues about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I know I'm 100% Sicilian, but where did the original D'Ursals come from? This is why I'm so excited to see what Ancestry DNA can do for me. I know they're going to help me discover more and learn about my family roots. Did you know Ancestry DNA gives you so much more than just the places you're from? Ancestry connects you to the places in the world where your story started using precise geographic detail and clear-cut historical insights. You can even trace your ancestors' journeys over time, following how and why your family moved from place to place. So now you know why I'm so pleased with Ancestry DNA. In fact, starting a free trial and building a tree can enhance your DNA experience and help you learn a more complete story. And it gets better. For a limited time now, through August 20th, share your story for a chance to win a dream vacation to where your ancestors once lived. Ancestry wants you to discover the world through your DNA, explore your heritage, your history, and connect with family. 
Take your self-discovery to the next level and explore what makes you, you. Go to Ancestry.com for more details to win your dream vacation. That's Ancestry.com. I got a pair of Rothy's shoes for my wife. The box is a great presentation in itself with a beautiful royal blue tab that you pull along the perforation to open the box. Over and over, she said they're the best fitting shoes she's ever had, ever. They were so comfortable that she didn't want to take them off. She wears her Rothy's around the house and says they massage her feet. I'm blown away by her response and will be getting her another pair ASAP. They're definitely worth every penny plus some. You know, Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns, and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles, so you're guaranteed to find a pair, or three, you love. Another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. It's like getting a fresh pair every laundry day. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Tony, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Tony. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash Tony today. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. Before there was a Facebook, MySpace, or even desktop computers, there was Bethany Andel, the original social networking conduit. The phrase, never met a stranger, was even coined by Bethany, and she receives monthly royalties on its use. Also, the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is no longer relevant because it's been trumped by the easier Two Degrees of Bethany Andel. All right, and now back to the chat with Bethany. And I think it's Edelman's trust barometer that they do every couple of years. It's something so scary, like 63% of employees don't trust their leader. So how as a leader are you supposed to get anyone to go anywhere with you? They're trying to get off. Those people are trying to get off the bus. They're certainly not trying to help you change the tires and, and get to Denver. So it's a real issue. And I think that it's also at the same time, a huge opportunity because, uh, I, you know, I'm living every day to try and prove to my organization that I very much care, not just about our clients, not just about our shareholders, but about the very people that make those other stakeholders happy. Quite a dichotomy there. And I can understand that the CEO's get into a compromising situation. Of course, they have one way to go. They want to take care of everyone, but they also have to answer to shareholders who call the shot. So it is a tough position. Understand that. Let's take this into the employee point of view. You're an employee in a company. You're an entrepreneur. You're a solopreneur. You're in corporate America, wherever you are. How can people better understand their company's purpose and then really get into it and implement it And take those words off that paper. Well, Maya, this, you mentioned it earlier. 
I really view, and I know that there's a lot of groundswell of influence inside companies and obviously your frontline troops that have a lot of the communication with your suppliers and your customers are highly influential in how your brand is perceived. But if this is not led from the top, if, if the leader of the company or leaders of the company aren't totally bought in and passionate and clear on what they're trying to achieve, it's never going to happen for the rest of the organization. Because what we find is a lot of systems and processes and things are in place that are counter to or contradictory to what the company is saying is their values or their purpose. One of the best case, cases of this is like performance reviews. So we, you know, we worked with a, a company and they're, you know, they touted all the time that quality was just their number one value and their number one driver. And they couldn't figure out why the behavior and the mindset and the culture wasn't changing and why quality wasn't increasing in their products. And it came down to when we looked at the performance reviews, the incentive and the performance reviews, the the expectations was around on time and on budget. So you're demonstrating to the employees that they're, they're incentivized by very different actions than quality. And so taking a step back and looking at your organization, you know, with an open mind and saying, okay, what are we doing or allowing for employees to do here that are in support of our purpose and what's happening here that is contradictory and inhibiting them from being able to achieve our purpose is a huge thing. And from there, the floodgates open because you really are letting people have autonomy get in, you know, as Daniel Pink says, get into their flow, own something, be prideful, be excited to come to work on Mondays. Can you even imagine loving Mondays again and being proud every day when they go home to their family of what they've accomplished because it's connected to something more meaningful than making somebody else money. Because I guarantee you, nobody wakes up at, on Monday morning and says, oh, I can't wait to make somebody else some money today. <laughs> That's just not what drives human behavior. Oh, is that what the problem is? <laughs> That's what the problem is. So if you, I mean, it takes constant communication and just making sure that everything that's in place in your organization for it to tick. And, and by the way, this is hard. I mean, I live in the messy middle. We, we have transformed our company and it's, it is three steps forward and eight back and 10 forward and two back. And, you know, cause you, it's, it's really easy to just get trapped into your old, your old way of doing things because we're used to it. And again, some of it's fear-based and, uh, but once you can break through all of that, man, miles to go. But there you go. So agree. So agree. And to all our audience, special little announcement here. I urge you to listen to this interview again because the points here are so incredible. These are time-honored, proven points and methodologies, if you want to look at it that way, that actually work. And before you go, well, you know, I work for people let me just have a full disclosure. I, I personally have made a lot of people a lot of money, millions. I have made so much money for people, it's not even crazy. And so why do you jump up in the morning and go, hey, I'm going to go make somebody a millionaire today? Let me, um, let me explain this to you a little bit more. By understanding the purpose and understanding how it all fits and how that accent on purpose really changes things, you can then get that great experience to go off and be better in your company, move up your ladder, or you may have something you're doing nights and weekends or a separate business. This is going to help you no matter where you are. So even though you go, well, why, why do I want to help that, you know, 
jerk of a boss or whatever do well. <laughs> Just get this understood because this is so key. These points we mentioned are so, so key. It will help you no matter what you do. And we're going to go back and talk a little bit more about leaders. And whether you think you're a leader or not, I just want you to have the point of view that you are a leader in whatever you do. Even if you're sweeping the floors, you are a leader at that company. You are an ambassador of that brand. And the more you learn, the more you understand purpose and how it fits exactly as Bethany is saying here, the better you will do in your life and career. So I just want to ask you, please listen to this again. I cannot stress enough how important this is. And hey, not only did I make people millions, I've interviewed hundreds of millionaires and billionaires. This is the stuff. Thank you, Bethany. This is great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because we, you know, spend a lot of time. Well, first of all, leader is not a title, right? <laughs> like you said, everyone is a leader um, in their own right. I believe that 100%. Just, you know, because you're not a boss doesn't make you not a leader. And second is understanding your own personal purpose and where you fit in the world and what you're trying to do personally. And if that's aligned to the company that you're working with, you know, that's great. And if it's not, that's okay too. And I think that's part of it is understanding, you know, not everybody belongs with a company that has a disjointed message to them. I mean, if you're not connected to what your company is about and where it's headed, you're going to be less motivated to make it happen for that company. So you know, we've even at Savage had a couple of people leave because they figured out what they were about, what their purpose was, and it wasn't aligned to what we were doing. And I, that's great for them. I'm really, truly happy for them. And it's, you know, obviously better for Savage as well. So true. Not everyone has the exact same purpose as everyone else. There right. are different purposes. There are different passions. So follow what you love, follow that passion, and you can be successful. If it means changing positions, so be it. Now I'm going to switch things around from talk about the same thing we just talked about, but from a different point of view, the leader here, he has to answer to the shareholders. He has what he wants to do. How can we, or how can the leader orchestrate things to push and go on purpose, despite the fact that he's got his head on the bottom line and, and he's being pushed every day or every week, profits, profits, profits. How can any wise words on how a leader can actually switch and implement the purpose of the company and get on the higher higher harmonic of this. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the check continues about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring and everything it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. That's where LinkedIn comes in. More than 610 million members visit LinkedIn every day to make connections, learn, and grow as professionals and discover new job opportunities. In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. That's how they make sure your job post gets in front of people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Things like collaboration, work ethic, 
adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. To get $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash Tony. Again, that's linkedin.com slash T-O-N-Y to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Join me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, as I interview elite entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who tell us how they made it, talk about obstacles they faced and overcame, get advice and insights about leadership, marketing, sales, and all sorts of good stuff, like what technology is coming soon in the future. Go to Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, and search Tony D-U-R-S-O to see my shows. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. I do this for you. A review from you really makes my day. And if you send me a copy at Tony at Tony D-U-R-S-O.com, I will find something to give you in addition to my heartfelt appreciation. Thanks, and I look forward to seeing you on iTunes. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. And now, back to the chat with our guests. With a lot of our... Um you know, a lot of people we work with, and especially the CFOs, <laughs> the, tough, the tough audience to look at a book called Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line, this is ultimately going to drive a better bottom line for any company. It is, you know, if you think about Southwest Airlines, who I mentioned earlier, you know, they've never been in the red. They're the only airline that's never been in the red. They're also the only airline that truly 100% to the mat stands and lives and dies by their purpose and their values as an organization. And so when we can translate living on purpose and being very values oriented with your culture to a bottom line number, you can change how you look at success and results. For instance, if your employees are more loyal to the company and they stay, you are going to reduce turnover. Turnover, as we know, to replace any employee costs about 20% of that employee's salary. So anything that we can do to lessen attrition is great. We also know that a lifetime client or customer is far more valuable to a company than a transactional client or customer. So if we can increase the long-term value of that client, then you can actually put a bottom line number to that. Also, what's the value of a client referral, a client testimonial, some raving fans, third-party credibility that's singing your praises, There's, that's almost priceless. And so that also can equate to bottom line. And then over time, Raj Sisodia, who wrote Firms of Endearment, you know, he proved out that a purpose-led company, I think outperforms the S&P 500 by nine to one. And found that purpose-led companies actually outperform good to great companies by something like six to one. So 
this has been proven. It's just a long-term view. And I think that's the big difference here is the short-term mentality of your business versus the long-term view and the sustainability of your business over time. Thank you so much. I love it. And before we go, I want to make sure if you have anything you'd like to say about your great book, I'll give you the full title here. Get your head out of your bottom line and build your brand on purpose. So, yeah. So thank you for mentioning it. We actually wrote that because, you know, Savage, uh, at the size we're at with a giant purpose to revolutionize corporate America, um, we can only really effectively do that a few brands at a time because we might be a little bit resource constrained. So we thought about how can we get the message out as broadly as possible. So in that book, it's not just a bunch of theory, which you'll, you can read a ton on purpose in a million different places. It is about how to actually do it. It provides exercises in the back. Um, So we really want as many companies going through a process to articulate and live on purpose as we can. And so just happy to get that, that out as much as humanly possible. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that we can find you at savagebrands.com. And if someone wants to get the book, can they actually go there as well? Yes. So if they go, we actually set it up. So if they go to savagebrands.com backslash Tony, then they can link to go buy the book off of Amazon. And then also uh, I put on there, there for free. It's a, it's a five minute five questions in five minute exercise that anyone can do with their leadership team just to even see if there is some consensus and clarity at that level. And oftentimes that's times that's really telling. And if you're an employee um, with any level of influence in an organization, if you looked at that, um, it really helps build build a rationale for the leadership of that company to think more and more about this exercise. So. Well, that's very cool. I love my name being associated with free stuff. So this is great. (laughs) All right, everybody in the world, listen again. Go to savagebrands.com slash Tony, T-O-N-Y, and get all this cool stuff that Bethany has. Bethany, love this. Definitely would love to have you back when there's an update. You've helped us get our head out of our bottom line. Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. And now we have Barry Eisen join us. Barry started one of the very first companies teaching personal development for corporate growth and helped bring behavior modification into the mainstream workplace. And he's an ex-five-year semi-pro baseball player. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Barry. It is such a privilege and an honor to have you on our show. Welcome. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for the offer. I love what you do, so I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much in return. Barry, for our audience, first things first, there's so much to talk about, but we would all love to know what is your story? How did it all start for you? Uh, it started when I was born, actually, which is kind of unusual to know. That's a good, that's uh, a good I, start. I, 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 I was born in, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and since I only lived there for about six or seven years, it takes a real New Yorker to pick that up in my, uh, in my uh, linguistics here. But then uh, grew up mostly in New Jersey, went to school, went to high school, colleges there, plural, and then around 1970, based on a, uh, on a business offer, the last thing that I had left in New York, uh, my office was in the Empire State Building. It was the company called Executive Sales Institute. I was the president of that company at a pretty young age because I had done some interesting things uh, about the year or two before. And it was a fledgling company, did, what, did well. We were going to open in California, and then the rules changed, and there I was stuck in California. That's around 
1970. And uh, I hooked up with a partner uh, for a number of years and developed the kind of uh, program that I've been teaching now for, boy, it's pretty much about 48, 49 years. Uh, that's the genesis. And what I do, in a nutshell, is uh, I've been a speaker. I do a lot of keynote stuff. Don't travel as much now as I used to, but in Southern California, uh, I go out to companies, generally in their sales meetings. I present options for people to use in the field of neuroscience applied to changing habits, attitudes, and creating peak performance. Uh, I don't take a motivational approach to it. I take a behavioral approach to it. I work with hypnosis, behavior modification, and a lot of other really, really cool hacks that science provides us these days because science has the ability to do so uh, because of machineries, the various scans and all of that. So I just find it fascinating. And every day I have conversations with people whose lives I've touched and have been fortunate to be a part of their lives in a small way. But when you see people moving forward and you know that you're a small part of it, it really is not ego. It really is what moves you with passion from one day to the next. I have no desire to retire. I just want to be available. Um, that's kind of my story in a, in a short nutshell. That's a great story. And you've taught so many people. You have thousands of graduates. This is absolutely amazing. What a testament. What, what success. And probably one of the first things people are going to wonder, not everybody knows what, what this is. You mentioned the word, and it's also in our episode title, neuroscience for success. So that begs the question so that everyone understands, Barry, what is neuroscience? Well, okay. And to begin with, I'm not a scientist. I'm kind of a reporter of what is done in the field. But neuroscience has certainly been around at least 150 years. It is basically the measurement of what goes on in the brain, how the brain functions from a biochemical standpoint, because in fact, we don't make psychological decisions. We make biochemical decisions because we have instinct that we then justify and then we carry out whatever the course of action is. So uh, with fMRIs and various kinds of scans, and there's so many DSR machines, EEGs, EKGs, these are all biofeedback kinds of equipment, and the ones that deal specifically with the brain and how we function, that's what neuroscience is about. And um, there's just some just interesting things that, that can make a person more efficient, and if you're more efficient in your life, you're more efficient in your business world as well. Barry, there are a lot of entrepreneurs in my audience, business owners, corporate executives, and even people with careers that want to hack their job, they want to do better, they want to climb up the corporate ladder. It's not all business that we talk about, but it's a business-focused entrepreneur. And people are thinking, oh, is this going to be a medical show? You know, everyone stay tuned for just one moment because we're going to now put this in the world of entrepreneurship and business. Barry, can you connect the dots? I mean, we don't need a machine with us to do this. Can you perhaps draw the bridge to application or or even the value that this sure. brings to entrepreneurs and salespeople too. Sure. I tell you, it goes back to, I was playing semi-pro baseball for five years on the East Coast. And we had a, at the time, I don't even think they were called a sports psychologist. But we had someone that came in that wasn't just tinkering with our stance and balance, just and follow through and those kinds of things. 
but he was really having us get in the game mentally. And that's where the games were won and lost. So that was where the first seeds were planted. And then I saw some things along the way, just in terms of business, that kind of drove me more into the hypnosis aspect. And anything but, you know, a medical kind of approach, you have to make it uh, available for people to use on a very practical basis, on a day-by-day basis. So developing new habits, new attitudes, when I speak, and I've you know, had about maybe 7,000 or so presentations, which include seminars as well as you know, flat-out speaking events, what I talk about is not the, the, the science of it, but literally the cause-and-effect relationship on how to deal with stress, which is prefabricated basically by a human being. There is no stress in the world. The world is what the world is. The world does what the world does. But frankly, how we perceive those things either gives us power or intimidates us. It's carrot and stick. And the perception is the truth. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the check continues about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Join me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, as I interview elite entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who tell us how they made it, talk about obstacles they faced and overcame, get advice and insights about leadership, marketing, sales, and all sorts of good stuff, like what technology is coming soon in the future. Go to Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and search Tony D-U-R-S-O to see my shows. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. I do this for you. A review from you really makes my day. And if you send me a copy at Tony at Tony D-U-R-S-O.com, I will find something to give you in addition to my heartfelt appreciation. Thanks, and I look forward to seeing you on iTunes. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is about your bottom line and neuroscience for success with Bethany Andel and Barry Eisen. Over a 40-year career, Barry gave more than 7,500 business presentations, coached hundreds of individual entrepreneurs, and keynoted dozens of events. His informative blogs and newsletters are read by over 1 million people each month. And now back to the chat with Barry. So in speaking with groups, we talk about that and just kind of, you know, pull on the big boy panties and say, listen, here's what you do if you want to make some changes. You change externally. That's referred to as behavior modification. It's desensitizing. It's how we train puppy dogs and children and salespeople and doctors and lawyers, etc. But 70% is estimated, not by me, but by 70% is estimated that we change 
according to the mindset, how we look at things. And that happens early on. About 90% of what we learn, it is stated, most of the psychology you can read is done by the picking up the cues and the clues of what's around us, not by sitting down to study. And according to Piaget, 85% of the habits that we'll have, we'll have by the age of 14. Um, we internalize things, put up a filtration system, and that's how we perceive things. If we change the perception, that's what hypnosis does, just as a tool. It's not the only tool, but it's a very powerful one. If you replace what you don't want with what you do, and the imagery is clear enough, I know I'm talking to an audience that is sophisticated, and you understand about positive thinking, and you understand about imagery and those kinds of things, it's still the basics that work. Garbage in, garbage out. So you don't eliminate bad thoughts, don't eliminate fears. My perspective is you replace them with what you want instead. And it's a very simple process. It takes, like most good things in life, the consistency to get past the learning curve, which is difficult in the beginning. But once there's a light at the end of the tunnel, most of you find in the field of psychology and the real world is business. Then it takes around a two, three, four week period of time to change a habit or an attitude. This now, is very interesting, Barry. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there more? Oh, well, there's always more, of course. So <laughs> tell me where this gets the snore time. But <laughs> in, when it comes to the various fears that entrepreneurs have, you know, we find generally the major one is the fear of rejection. Uh, nobody likes to knock on doors, but if you don't build your database, you don't build your book of business, you're preaching to the same folks. And for some people, that's just fine. But with a fear of change, a fear of failure, a fear of success, we get in our own ways. Fear is not what was born into us. We're born with fear of falling and the fear of loud noise. Every, and you can, you know, in a nanosecond verify that. These are innate fears. Every other fear that you can either seriously or humorously come up with is a learned experience. And if you can own that, that it's your responsibility that you took it on, regardless of from where. I mean, when you were four or five and somebody said, eat the spider, and you basically you know, had a grip of what a spider was, you just internalized that moment of frenzy associated with the word spider. If it happens to reoccur, who knows, when you're 10 or 12 or 15, adults come up with things that they never had as children, and they say, where the hell did that come from? Well, wherever it came from, if you've got it, recognize that you can replace it with a better response to it. So whether it's making more calls or public speaking, or if it's closing more assertively or asking for referrals on a more consistent basis, or whether it's making better eating choices, sleeping better, reading faster, improving memory, these have a lot to do with habits. This is all about habits, how we have learned, how we see ourselves. That's our self-image or self-esteem as we feel about ourselves and how we feel other people feel about us. And whatever has been learned can be re-educated and taken to a finer and a better level. So my job is to kind of, you know, ask the question and people figure out, you know, where they're coming from, where their resistance is. Now, my question ends up being, what do you want instead? And I happen to use techniques of behavior modification, which means goal setting, time management, 
behavior mod itself. There's nothing new in that. Couple that with changing the mindset, which, you know, lots of people say, well, you know, it's one thing to say and it's another thing to do. If you have a five-year-old acting badly and screaming and shouting, it's a kid who's run out of options, basically. Uh, I like and that. the mindset, if you say, change your attitude, what does a five-year-old know about changing an attitude? And in an adult, when you find somebody stuck in a place and you say, okay, just stop that. <laughs> you know, it's an easy, simple kind of an, you know, response. And a person is so involved in who they are, they say, that's just who I am. And we justify mediocre behavior because that's our ego, putting labels on things justifying things so we can live with ourselves. That's all but very it, interesting, Barry, and I can go a lot of different yeah. ways with this. Lots sure. of questions, lots of comments, but for for the mindset of the audience here, how can we use this and you know or or give more information on really developing and really pulling out that confidence in what we do, who we are, our business and give that really good self-image. How can we actually use as some tips and pointers to apply. Absolutely. Let me give you about maybe five or six things without dwelling on anything, uh, you know, ad nauseum. We know about uh, eating properly. And as close to a Mediterranean diet, feeds the brain what it really needs. Fats and sugars are not your friend. Omega-3s are because of the inflammation. Mind works better. You make better choices, better decisions, more quickly. Your memory improves. Exercise. Well, Barry, you know that, include, that includes pasta. You said Mediterranean diet. You know I am Italian, right? <laughs> Less pasta, more on the veggies. You know that. And if anybody is in a quandary as to what a Mediterranean diet is, Google it up. And the idea, and this is important, the idea is not to be perfect and eat according to all the time. But the idea is when you're making choices, if this pops into your mind because you've done the research and you know the better choice, opt for the better choice in those moments, and they become more prevalent. You change eating choices, eating behavior. you control your weight. Exercise, aerobic, anaerobic exercise, weight-bearing, high intensity for a minute or two, then you pull back. You can Google that stuff up. What's good for the heart is good for the brain. Learning new things, dance lessons, yachting lessons, pick up the harmonica, do things that you are resistant to doing because you feel you haven't got the talent. And when you get past the learning curve in the initial stages, you're really using more of your brain. It has a lot to do with brain plasticity, increasing the number of brain cells and the capacity with which they work. They always talk, the neuroscientists always talk, and this is the thing that I really focus on. They talk about meditation, yoga, hypnosis. To me, hypnosis is the best of those worlds, not the postures of yoga for sure. But it takes a meditative state induced by relaxation exercises or induction. You relax first, and I would suggest this to anybody who is nodding their heads in the audience saying, oh yeah, and when I did that, boy, was I on a, on a, on a better beam for my, my business, my life. Or boy, did I feel good when I was doing that. Well, bring up those memories and maybe listening to this talk, when you go to sleep at night is an important time because your body regenerates when you sleep. Getting a good night's sleep of a good seven or eight hours of quality sleep, that means proper sleep cycles. I won't go through the brain activities, but they're all instrumental in memory, in longevity, in more of an active brain, 
Learn to sleep well. Hypnosis, as you go to sleep at night, will allow you to go to sleep more efficiently and sleep way better than you normally would. A hypnosis session is worth about 90 minutes worth of quality sleep. I suggest that you do the research, whether it's on my website, barryeisen.com, or any other that you're comfortable with. Nobody's got a corner on the market of the only way that it should be done. But I have my perspective. If this sounds real, follow it up. It's relaxation with positive suggestions, time to image. This comes a little bit from NLP. Some of your guys that are listening are familiar with neurolinguistic programming. You hear it, you see it, you feel it. You give it the passion, you give it that moment. You're literally impressing brain cells deeper and creating more mental stimulation. So if you do that with your list of goals as you go to sleep at night, last in is generally first acted upon when you get into your first REM sleep, about 75 minutes into your cycle of sleep, the last in will generally reiterate themselves, those goals. So you really get a lot more bang for the time that you're applying yourself. And thoughts are things. You become what you think about. And you know, Barry, I'm so, I'm sorry, Barry, I'm so zoned into what you're saying. It's like I'm listening to a lecture. I have to keep looking at the clock to make sure because, you know, hours could pass. I'm, I'm captivated. This is amazing stuff you're giving us. And the results are more interesting than the presentation of it. That you've got to keep your mind focused on you can get excited by a motivational speaker, but what are you willing to glean from what they're getting? Are you willing to follow through? And I hope people do. Call me, email, whatever it is. I'll answer questions. I don't charge for that stuff to me. It's passing it forward, and more people need to be doing it. We've got to... We got a rough world out there, so we can make it better, just individual. Thank you so much for all this information. Let's talk about because we do have a business audience to a good degree. We get stress. In fact, you and I we had a conversation earlier by email. I had an unusual stressful event. I'm not going to mention it, and it was just very fast, very sudden, and it's solved. And I'd like to know. Can you give us some good stress busters? How do we how do we deal with this when it comes up? Because we don't expect it. It's not normal. And all of a sudden, something comes that just kind of pushes on that brain. So what would you suggest? Okay. Here's, here's what I teach, whether it's business leaders or to athletes or to students about to take a bar examination. Anything that people would generally refer to as stress or pressure. There is no stress. There is no pressure. Now, the fact that you feel something... You feel energy. You can put it in a positive direction or a negative. But what is taught in a lot of my circles anyway are little trigger mechanisms here and there. First off, if you do sessions of meditation or hypnosis, you have a foundation. You have a go-to. You can take a breath. You can literally drop to those levels of relaxation and let go. Some people think independently. They do their sessions And when they're stressed out, they don't remember that they have a go-to. So if you've been doing that kind of thing, you can create a little technique. I have a technique that came from Milton Erickson back in the late 1940s, which a lot of people teach these days. These are trigger or anchoring techniques. Get into the habit of maybe circling the thumb and the index finger of either hand. You're feeling a little bit of stress. Circle the fingers. If you choose not to, it has nothing to do with yoga in the lotus position. It's just a physical ritual. Tap your thigh a couple of times, take a couple of breaths. It hardly matters what you do. 
but do the same thing each time. So I'm going to say, circle your fingers, take a couple of breaths. If you can close your eyes, less distraction that way, you can drop and relax a little bit more completely. Control your blood pressure, control your pulse rate, control your knee-jerk reactions to things and respond more effectively. This just slows you down so you use that conscious, that cognitive part of your mind to make the better choice. Barry, is this, is this, actually that's not the right question. Barry, does this, do these type of actions, are they more like a bringing, you know, come to present, get get to the present, not to the past, not to the past. Is that sort of, are these done to bring someone to the here and now where the stress isn't? Because the stress is in our head at an event that has just happened and occurred. You know, necessarily. Not necessarily in a fire, it could be an ongoing stress. But is that to like bring us to the here and now so we could deal with it better? It's a nice way of saying it. Absolutely, yes. Because in that moment of the present, which is the only moment that we really have, you have a choice. You can exacerbate the situation and, and go down that stress road and get crazy, get the people around you crazy. Or you can be that, that beacon of light at least for yourself, that has a little control by just taking a breath, putting things in perspective, and making the next best decision. It's a much better way of doing things. And if you do it with consistency, just this little touch finger thing, and when you're going to sleep at night, just remind yourself, every time I touch my fingers together, I relax, I focus better. Or words to that effect. That they're not magical words. Make up what you want. But let it be your mantra that when things get crazy, that you go on automatic pilot, but your go-to automatic pilot is one of coming from the best version of you that you can. I love it, Barry. I absolutely love it. And you had stated before we came on that you had a couple of ideas and tips or whatever you want to call it for our audience to take away. Did we go over them or or are there others? I can give you a bunch. Hey, have everybody, including you, Tony, take a deep breath in. And let it out. Now, this second time, if you didn't do it this way, breathe only in through your nose deeply and out through your mouth. The only way I breathe. Okay. <laughs> it's, the, it's the healthiest way, not just because you're filtering particles of air out. We know we need that. But when you breathe in through the nose, it brings air higher up into the facial mask. It creates a vibration in the skull. On the other side of that skull is where your neocortex is, part of your entire, you know, the flapper brain we call the cortex. But this is the neocortex, the newest portion of the brain. When you stimulate and vibrate the neocortex, you have more circulation, brain cells work more harmoniously together because it's a wake-up call to your brain. So before you go into a sales presentation or you sit down to read something or you go in to take a test, Just practice taking in two or three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. You will be sharper as a result of doing that. How's that for a a hack? I love that. Barry Eisen, thank you so much. (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say there are things called nootropic, N-O-O-tropic additives that you can take. These are things you can buy over the counter that have different kinds of combinations that are set to stimulate the nervous system, which is of the, the base of it certainly is the brain, but with the different components, which in 
I mean, they're all safe. They're kind of homeopathic type things. Can literally stimulate better brain activity and eliminate inflammation at the same time. Very that's cool. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Barry, we're definitely going to have to bring you back on. I have a suspicion that with your tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours of instructing and speaking on the stage, that you've got a little bit more information for us. So we're going to have to bring you back on. <laughs> I would, it would be my absolute pleasure. I love talking about this, and I hope people just kind of listen at whatever list, you know, level they're available and just do something. You can't just nod your head like reading a book saying, that's a good idea, and then turn the page. Make it a part of your life. I love it. This is Barry Eisen. We talked about neuroscience for success, and you can find him at BarryEisen.com. I'll spell it. That's B-A-R-R-Y. E-I-S-E-N. And Barry, if people go to that site, they can reach out and send you a communication, correct? Yeah, there's a two-minute video and a free 23-minute download, which includes a short hypnosis session, so you'll kind of get an idea of my style. I also do coaching. Somebody might want to you know, do a, a trial run to see if this is the right way to go for them. It's a nice thing to do, but it's, it's all there. And if anybody has any questions, just email or pick up the phone. I'm happy to talk to your listeners. Oh, that's so nice of you. Well, thank you. Barry Eisen, Neuroscience for Success at BarryEisen.com. Thank you so much, and we will have you back. Good meeting you. Good talking with you. I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And for my amazing audience, thanks so much for listening. Remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.